and welcome to the Cloudcast, episode 47, a podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. Uh, my name is Marvin Yue, coming at you from China, China, and joining me as always is my co-host Christine Minji Chang, all the way back in LA. What's up, everyone? I'm sitting here staring hey, at my baby hey. Christmas tree on my table. Yeah, I'm still away, and we're um, <laughs> we just spent like half an hour trying to set this thing up so that I can get a better recording from my end. But hopefully, um, we make a better product for you guys at home. Thanks, Minji, for putting up with my uh, instructions. We can't do video Skype here because my internet is super slow. So at any point this week, I may cut out and then Minji just start talking. And um, we'll I'll just keep goes. going. We know that this is what I'm talented. This is what I was put on Earth for. So it's cool. But how cool is this, honestly, <laughs> that we are literally on the other side of the Earth from each other and recording a podcast? That's pretty cool, in my opinion. So yay, technology. Yeah, it is pretty cool. <laughs> so how's everything going back home? Is it still uh, um, still cold and stuff? <laughs> it's cold. It's cold. It's rainy. El Nino has come. Everybody's in holiday mode, so there's just a lot of traveling going on. I actually dropped John Enriquez, my roommate, um, our webmaster, our video guy. We I dropped him off the airport. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> LAX was so much fun nice. today. Um, but I feel like everyone's been, yeah, yeah, but I feel like everyone's been traveling. They've been leaving towns for the last week, at least. So it's happening in waves. So I don't know. It's just it crazy. Always time. Helps like in the, yeah, it always helps because like in, um, in the working world, Christmas, especially when Christmas and New Year's, cause they're a week apart, fall on like a Thursday or a Tuesday. Companies used to give you the day before and the day after off. And at that point, you might as well just take the other two days off and just make a vacation out of it. It just makes sense that way. Vacation? What's that? But yeah. <laughs> well, I'm here in China um, where it's actual winter. And it's been kind of fun just getting back into the habits of being in a real winter scenario. Especially when like... So I'll, I spent a couple years in D.C. where we get kind of a milder but still winter conditions. And this year, the East Coast is all, like, freaking 70 degrees and balmy. Which is bizarre. <laughs> that scares me. Again, I go back to, like, global warming. That's frightening. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, our planet's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not trying to go there. I'm not going, like, the day after tomorrow mode. But I'm like, let's... Yeah. Did you see the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger put up a Facebook post about global warming? Not global warming, but no. global warming energy. It's actually pretty cool. He's talking about how... Just trying to explain to people that, like... It's important to start, like, don't hate on the science. Like, think about if you're, like, stuck in a room, would you rather be stuck in a room with a closed room with a gasoline engine or a clean energy engine, like an electric engine? And that's kind of, you know, like a his drop the mic moment. Like, so <laughs> no one wants to be stuck in the, because, like, you know, you die. Honestly, that just makes me think of what well, Josh was telling. Yeah. Well, Josh was telling us about that. Like he had to do the Marco. He was on Marco Polo set where they have no laws protecting their actors, and they're just pumping six diesel engines to get the smoke for their proper effects. And I was just like, I get it. They're trying to create an environment, but that you're killing your actors. A, B. There's a thing called, like we make transformers and dinosaurs and planet of the li- you know apes, and we can't make smoke in post. 
Really? Like you'd rather <laughs> risk the lives of your actors for the smoke effect of like pumping out diesel and like, oh my God, I just, yeah, I didn't really think of that until yeah. a few days ago. But anyways, global warming, terrible. Come on, guys. This is why science is, is supposed to be advancing us forward as a, as a, as a human society. Come on. Not just to give us nice phones, which are also really cool. This was my year of selling my soul to Apple and getting my, my iPhone. It's been just about a year. Yep. And, I want to say you're looking at that screen at least 99% of the day, just from experience. Pretty much. It's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. There, there are a lot of people that were talking about, you know, taking a, a vacation from their screens for the holidays, which is not likely because the holidays are like when you get to have time with your family and then that means you're taking photos of them and videos. So I don't know. And all your gifts. Yeah. But it is kind of so. I remember my first summer in college. Um, I was subletting my friend's place, but because he's a cheap bastard, he decided to turn off all the internet <gasps> and cable TV. Um, so I didn't have internet for like a whole. I had to use school internet, like the school kiosks for homework and stuff. So I was kind of my um, my summer isolated from the world. But this was like pre Facebook. I think this is when well, then that's not as bad. Was all. So we weren't as, you know, connect like we weren't as dependent, I guess, on social media. But at the same time, like just even back then, like not having access to e- email and well, for us then it was AIM, not having access to AIM 24-7 and having phones that couldn't really run AIM because it was like, you know, those old chocolate bar yeah, yeah. Nokia phones. It was kind of like if I don't call people, they don't know I'm here. i don't know though i feel like the the the, if we did like some chart i think that the dependency on your phone or your device has like exponentially gone up i think being detached for that long from your like is probably just a fraction of now because our (laughs) it's because our phones now are like they're mini computers right so remember how addicted we were to aim and icq and like all that stuff back when we were in high school. Now we now now there's no you know, mommy sees the phones when you get off, or we can't you know we only get this amount of hours of on internet time. Like we're constantly connected, and like it's just it's the whole um, what's the uh, there's a name for this curve, but it's a principle. Like as you know, technology is, is exponential, so like our what, what we use it for just is always going to grow. You know, everyone's always making new programs and stuff. So I think it, it'll take a conscious effort to you know, wean people, especially now that like kids are growing up with their own iPads, you know? It's frightening. I mean, I'm like that. And I say that, like, say, theoretically, if I have children, that I would not let them use XYZ that much. I would limit their consumption. But I also really understand, if, has anyone spent significant time with a small kid? I mean, they have endless energy while you are on the 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 declining end and you're trying to meet somewhere in the middle i'm like hand them an ipad cool watch frozen for the 89th time go for it bye i'm gonna take a nap and breathe for a little bit no judging i can't judge because i'm not not a parent (laughs) i'm I'm, my my cousins have kids and you know i you know i'm the uncle so i see them like you know every once in a while they're always fun but yeah just Can you imagine I'm that twenty four seven? Just explain. 
Yeah. <laughs> 24-7. Like, I don't need to clean their poop. You know, they poo, I just like hand it over. So And feed it's them. Like having, yeah. That's kind of why I'm like, I kind of want a dog, but I don't want to deal with the poo. Life responsibilities. You can't get your happiness from the dog without taking care of it. So I hear that it's a good, yeah. it's a good starter child-ish. <laughs> you go for it. You get the dog so I can play with it. <laughs> it's basically how it works with kids too. Like you have the child. I'll just yeah. be the cool auntie your uncle. So what's <laughs> going on in China? Well, before we get to that, let me open the segment with saying, as always, we open our show with a roundtable segment where we talk about pop culture and social commentary stuff that's in our minds and hearts and eyeballs. And for me, it's, I'm in China. It's cold. Um, I've been here for a couple of days now. I'm at my, um, staying with some family. Um, we're in a third tier city. So essentially the boonies. Um, there's a lot of... Um, country folk around, um, but still pretty developed. I mean, it's a small city of like about a million people. Um, um, a tiny city of a million. I think I've been breathing. Yeah, I've been thinking I've been breathing the equivalent of like smoking like a pack of cigarettes every day. So that's so scary. That's, that's been my main concern about you and anybody who else is there. That scares me. <laughs> it's it's not too bad. It's like, um, well, I say it's not too bad, but like the uh, I think the index here for pollution is. Um, let's say five times of that of LA. That's, so that's awful. That's awful. I mean, my friends that go there, they LA's actually gotten a lot better last week. Yeah. No, it has. I mean, we've, I mean, we were, we're working on that, the whole emissions thing. <laughs> but, um, every time I see friends photos that go to China, they're always putting up mask photos. Like it's just commonplace there. My friend just got back from China. What? Three days ago. He posted up pictures every day, and around him, at least, if he's not wearing one, then you know people around him are walking around with the masks on. That's really scary. Oh, yeah, I mean, surgical masks are like Asia is probably the only place you can walk around with a surgical mask, and no one will blink an eye. Even in back in Taiwan, like the pollution isn't as bad, but people still like you wear it. A when the when pollution's bad, it helps filter the air that you breathe in, but also when you're sick, it helps filter air you breathe out. So if you're a giant workaholic. And but you don't want to be like that asshole that gets everyone else sick in the office. Like you wear a mask. It's like courtesy. The public health major in me is crumbling inside. <laughs> well, there was okay. So speaking of that, uh, I saw that there was some. There was a post that my friend shared the other day where uh, there was a guy who who walked around China, his local neighborhood in China, with a vacuum, and did he just vacuumed the air over the course of several days, or maybe like a month? But he made a brick using the particles <laughs> that he vacuumed from the air. I'm not even kidding. That I can imagine that. I mean, yeah. I'm getting a lot more boogers lately from like, you know, all the stuff I'm breathing in. So That's your nose trying to protect you and keep it out of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hold on. I'm like I'm googling this right now. Winter. I want to see this. Hold on. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> well, it's also winter here, so like I said, winter conditions. It's kind of like um so you've been talking about how LA has been super cold lately, but at least you still get like the sun during the day and like it goes up to the 60s. Mm-hmm. Like the thing with actual like real winter conditions is it's like it's cold all the time. So just leaving the house, you put on all your layers, but then all the insides, like all the buildings, uh-huh. they're blessed in the heat. 
So you have to take off all your layers when you get inside. So it's a constant, like, putting out, taking off your coat and your scarf and your, you know, whatever you have underneath, like gloves and stuff. And it's uh, it's something I haven't experienced since I left the East Coast. Because like, in L.A., you know, we get winter-like weather sometimes, but it's not consistent enough to, like, actually need, like, you know, you bring a jacket in your car when you go out. You know, it's not like you're wearing it all the time. But I feel like that's it's, like the uh, exact opposite of what you have to do in the South. Like when you're in Houston, for example, or when you're in Vegas or whatever, they're blasting the AC so hard, at least for me. That's how I feel like I get sick. It's so <laughs> hot outside. And you go in and you need a parka because it's so freaking cold. That's my complaint because I prefer being warm over being cold any day, which is not true for you. You get that's all true. cranky. Well, that's the thing. Like, I like AC cold. I like you know, being cool in the summer and stuff. Like, this winter cold, I'm not a big fan either because it gets to the point where, like, if you're not covered up, you it hurts. Right. It's, like, bitter. It's it's a very bitter cold. Um, and luckily, it hasn't been that bad recently. It's, um, like, high 40s. And, like, low 40s is as low as it gets. But next week, it's starting to get, like, freezing temperatures. Like, 30s and 20s. How long are you there for? I'm here for another couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to Japan with my family on Friday. So I'll be there for a couple of days. And then I'm back in China for a couple of days. And then back in Taiwan for a couple of days. And then home. So I'll be home um, around Martin Luther King weekend. Cray. So just in time for episodes 51 and 52. Oh, hell yeah. Of the podcast. It's going to be ridiculous. I can't just yeah, it's, flu. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Um, China is interesting. It's a lot different than Taiwan. And this is, the, I think, my fourth time here. And I was just talking about this with um, our friend Clarissa, who's in Taiwan right now doing her um, research for her recipe collecting project. But like when we were walking around Taiwan, we were just talking about how in Taiwan, we don't really feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. Like even in big crowds, like we can like it's kind of like Canada where you can trust people. Right. Wasn't like the <laughs> second like the safe, safest city um, or something? Yeah, it was on the poll. I, I shared it on Facebook. That's probably where you saw it. But like, yeah, we're the second safe, safest city um, right under Iceland. So um, I think uh, it's probably like it's a city where I've seen, you know, like females walk around alone and like not fe- like I don't know how they feel. Maybe they still feel kind of afraid, but I'm sure it's not as bad as like walking around like in other Asian countries. I can't think highly uh, of Iceland, again, so in I my mind, you'll be number one. <laughs> Iceland's fun. Iceland's beautiful. No, I heard that it's gorgeous. Um, it's because of Mighty Ducks. It's all because of my... <laughs> really? <laughs> Shut up. It's They're <laughs> like the evil team. Sometimes you can't, you know, just undo... <laughs> it's so stupid. But honestly, that's where my brain goes to. I think of that awful coach really? and that girl that Icelanders was like really, lying really nice. to... What's his name? <laughs> Coach Gordon, yeah, not cool. Anyway, continue. I, I'm totally going to go to Iceland. Oh, no, I, I heard Iceland. it's amazing. I hear Icelanders are super nice. Yeah. I, I think just like Nordic people are just... Aren't they much happier? Know, maybe. They're much more They're much more uh, at peace yeah, with life. <laughs> I hear I hear they're, they're like very helpful and nice and stuff. But yeah, Taiwan is a... Yeah. So um, in China, it's it's a little bit more like I'm more on on edge, more on guard with my stuff. Like I'm actually keeping my wallet in like a zipped pocket in my vest. Good. Um, I think that's good stuff. practice for anywhere so, you go. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's 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 interesting because like we're all technically the same people 
like ethnically wise, we're mostly Han Chinese. Um, but it's just interesting how the cultures are so different, and a lot has to do with just um, the whole cultural revolution and all this stuff that um, I'm not gonna get into because again, it, it, I can go on forever, and I don't know if our listeners are interested or will be interested. Um, I think, I, but it's just interesting how the two cultures um, just diverged since the Civil War. You know, what year was the Civil um, War? A lot of people. It was in the late '40s, early '50s. It was right after World War II. So right after we finished fighting Japanese, we started fighting each other. Of course, because um, everyone has to fight somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it was during a time when there was like a big, you know, left versus right, you know, nationalist versus com- like communist. Are you going to get us in trouble? Is there someone that's going to be screening this podcast now? <laughs> you mentioned it. And now we're going to be blacklisted no. or on some crazy watch list. <laughs> I don't think no I mean it's kind of um it's it's pretty common knowledge too like um just how like the whole like if you look at historical the, the historical like just records you know there's a lot of you know there's a lot of reasons why there was a revolution or why there was a civil war but um, then and, it's like, both sides are you know, as with all civil wars like it's fought over politics too of and, course like, but then no side is really in the clear that's you know? true but if we just it's human nature and it's been proven time and time again like when you go to any any nation or any country or body of people it's all interpretation it's all how you want to who storytelling right history history his story and they're going to be freaking altering changing details you know nuanced vocabulary to imply a different story and it's the same thing that's people have been fighting over for years after the fight the technical fight is over to fight over how the fight was documented right saying you took no responsibility you're you're putting all the blame on xyz party and you're full of shit and blah 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 blah. i mean i know that for sure that's like been an issue with korea and japan and people just not acknowledging or taking responsibility for anything so for me you know, it's easy for somebody like if you just state your opinion and say, oh, well, so if you objectively look at it, then it makes sense that so and so was guilty of blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's not. So, so a large group of people somewhere, you're full of shit. Like, you're insane. <laughs> it's not <Yeah>. true. <laughs> so now I'm just saying um, now we're on a watch list. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean. There's a lot of stories, like just even after like Taiwan, after the national, after the KMT moved to Taiwan, just how it was, it was under martial law to like the 80s Taiwan, like they didn't have free elections till maybe like yeah, till like the 80s. It was all you know Chiang Kai Shek, and uh, it's interesting here stories about just how like the cult of personality. Like, you talk about how like when Kim Jong Il died, like. You, you see all these videos of, you know, people weeping openly and, like, making a big show of it. But, like, that's exactly what happened when um, Chiang Kai-shek died, too. It was, like, a big, like, you know, everyone had to weep. Well, then that um, kind of goes into the territory of, like, the press know, and the yeah. media and how that's skewed. <laughs> well, because, the, I mean, this is real stuff. I mean, this is the issues that are going on all over the world. And, and you know, there, it's always, always questionable even here where we have freedom of speech, etc. But, you know, we, we deal with all these press outlets who are going to be skewing things or sensationalizing things etc etc but think about another country where they don't they're not even they don't have the liberty to you know what i'm saying like the the government will suppress them because they're like you are making us look bad so shut up that happens 
all the time. Yeah. How many journalists are thrown in jail in Asia, the Middle East, like everywhere because they put out some unsavory, you know, representation of the government or somebody in power. I mean, it's a scary world. I'm just saying that happens all the time. So it's 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 hard to understand the truth. And now and I'm on this path because what's it called? Um, the the movie. What the hell? Why is the movie? I want to go watch it. So about the big short spotlight. Not spot. Well, spotlight, yes, and the big short. Like all of these are just about, you know, years in hindsight, we're able to like discover the truth piece by piece. But how long is it <laughs> suppressed, and how long is it manipulated? It's all freaking conspiracy. So everybody yeah. knows now. I'm a big conspiracy theorist. I don't believe everything <laughs> face value, and I don't think I should because a lot of it is BS. It'll be interesting. I, I want. I really want to watch the big short. I don't know if they're going to show this out in. Um, Asia because it's a very American centric um, story. Yeah. But I had you know I had classmates from my my grad school program who were a part of the banking system during the crisis and like there's a big argument we're going off tangent but there's a big argument about who was really at fault was it the banks or was it the people and if you really want to look at it they're both at fault really right like the banks were at fault because the systems in place incentivized short term gains over long term. Um, growth and so they were incentivized to sell these shitty mortgages to people but the people still bought them um my but friend did was they saying know how, that like, he was he was a loan officer and he warned them like you realize this is a shitty loan right they're like you realize that if the if the market goes down you're not gonna be paid they're like yeah i don't care give it to me like we're gonna we're gonna flip it in like a month the like, same thing about see the same thing with climate control because it's all short term it's all like well yeah. this is gonna limit my business capabilities for the next two years so screw the next 80 i don't care <laughs> i need to maximize my, yeah. my productivity for my five-year yeah, I mean, plan there were, <laughs> there were definitely plenty of victims too like people who were duped um but at the same time there were a lot of people making a lot of money and i don't know it's just cap like we're in a very like it's what's the right way to say it there's a lot of people that are very self-centered um in the world and if you give them an opportunity to, to like better themselves over others they'll take it every time um which is funny because i'm seeing the exact same thing out here in china as well a lot of you know people here are very entitled even the way they drive like you know like it's not as bad as say india where there's like no rules right but like in china like everyone sees everyone thinks they have the right of way everyone thinks they're you know, looking out for themselves, even like the kids growing up because of the, you know, one child policy means that everyone's attention is focused on one child and they like, they're brought to, th- to think that they're like, you know, like little prince, like they call it like little prince syndrome, right? Where they feel like they're like the center of the universe. And so now you have like a whole generation of like, you know, you talk about millennials feeling entitled. I don't think, I think entitled is a oversimplification of what we feel. Um, but like you look at the, the same generation in like China and it's like, yeah, these, these kids are kind of entitled. I feel like it wouldn't be good for my health, A, because the air quality might be really bad, and B, my blood pressure will be so high because I'll have to refrain from smacking people, (laughs) and then C, I'll end up in jail or something (laughs) for being a violent little Korean girl. Everyone here has an iPhone, so they'll record it, you'll be internet infamous. Then I'll go viral, guys. That's the dream. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny that oh, we're yeah. talking about this kind of ties to my table topic. Oh, yeah? What is your table topic? Because I didn't 
we didn't prepare. Yeah. Well, I wanted to surprise you. Well, okay. So it's funny because a lot of our friends here in LA have heard about this because it's been a really interesting week for me. So my table topic, I guess, is... uh, I don't know if I should put it on blast. Whatever. I went to Equinox, okay? Um... And it's about, I guess it's, it's really about wealth, I guess. And this, this journey that I've been going through for the last seven days dealing with this. Okay. So I got a free week executive membership, like seven day executive membership, uh, trial week at Equinox. And I got a swag bag at a really cool event that I got to go to. And I was really excited. I was like, oh, this will be really great because I've gone to one class for Blogilates. Actually, really crazy tangent. But shout out to Cassie Ho, Blogilates. She is on the cover of Health Magazine. You don't understand how big of a deal this is. She's the first Asian American woman to be on the cover of that magazine. And I have subscribed to that magazine. And it is a huge deal. So shout out to Cassie because she kicks so much ass. It's not even funny. But she's on the cover of health magazine for january it's amazing um nice congrats yeah it's it's incredible it's actually coming out christmas day i can't even imagine what she's feeling right now it's just so cool i follow her on snapchat she's a friend anyway um but cassie i took her blog Alotti's class at uh equinox in west hollywood and that was my first time ever walking in and i've joked about this because i was like oh i feel like i should be wearing a ball gown to be in here um it's just it's uber upscale and for anyone who doesn't know it you know it's just super super upscale they their brand is like luxury gym, right? So I was really excited. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> Have you been? I've seen them. I've seen them. Um, I think my cousin, one of my cousins, is a member, but um, I don't think she regularly goes. But uh, there's one in Old Town Pasadena uh, at, at the Paseo, and there's one near UCLA. I remember. Yeah, the West. And one yeah, right it's now. it's like you know it has like the machines all look futuristic. There's like you know like. The, there's a certain brand of house music that plays in places that are bougie like that. It's like runway music. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm so, I'm like floating. I'm not walking, I'm floating. Yeah. Anyway. And it's like, I feel like it's one of those gyms where like, you don't really go to work out, but more to like, to show, like to be seen, right? You go there for like the Equinox t-shirt so you can wear it outside to show that you go to Equinox. You know, I don't. Okay, well, so okay, this it goes back to my story. Just what I experienced. Okay, so this and this is like, man, I hashed it out with several of our friends: Naomi, with Jenny, with Steve, with um, my brother, with my roommate John. Like, I had to, I had to talk this out. Okay, so I went and I was just in my actor mindset. I was like, okay, this is like a character study. I get to pretend like I am of the upper echelon that can afford a $200 a month gym membership. I'm going to go. I'm going to enjoy this. It's going to be plush. It's going to be amazing. Because who doesn't like nice things, right? Does that turn dots include like massages and stuff? It doesn't include. So, of course, that's just to use the gym, my friend. And then you have to pay another $100, $180 for massage or whatever, which is on site and available. They have every Equinox has a spa. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's for the, it's for the very rich, but I, I went and I met with the membership person. She was super, super sweet, but you know, of course, like registering me, getting all this stuff done, kind of telling me about the exclusivity of the club. And I was at the Century City one. Oh God, I'm like revealing a lot. Um, but anyways, I just had this really, the overall experience was I was super conflicted. I had a, I had basically an emotional meltdown as soon as I left Equinox that night because I I had such a range of conflicting emotions 
the entire time I was there, which was probably just under two hours that I spent doing the membership talk, doing the tour, and then actually working out, you know, showering, changing, and leaving. Um, it was, I had a meltdown because I realized that as much as I was enjoying the experience of like all the amenities and it just smells perfect in there, it's a perfect temperature. They have like eucalyptus infused refrigerated towels, I tell you. Uh, right by the cardio equipment so that when you're done you know you can blot your face with this beautiful scented thing to relieve your lungs and it's and they have every i'm a huge meathead like i love all the fitness equipment they had everything that you could dream of all in one space you know what i mean so i'm freaking out i'm like this is amazing it's like your dream gym kind of it really is i mean it's beautiful it's it's you know it's just all ergonomic everything but then Here's the thing. And it could all be yours for the cheap, cheap price. Oh, $2,400 base a month. I know, a year. <laughs> twenty. Yeah, it's 200 a month. But like, I basically was super conflicted because every time I appreciated something, every time I was like, oh, wow, or ooh, and yay, every moment I felt that, I had a counter emotion of, what the hell is this? Like, ew, oh my God, this is so excessive. Who needs this shit? It's a gym. Why do you need this, like, like whatever track treadmill get your ass outside and go to a park like i was just so angry like i was really angry and defensive of like my middle class upbringing i my parents are small business owners they own dry cleaners you know they their customers are you know some of their customers are very very wealthy and you know need a lot of clothes dry cleaner whatnot i've worked in a dry cleaners for like four or five years when i was in high school and i and again really nice people some not so nice but those are my customers too, so I know what it was like to, you know, take in somebody's like eighteen new Tommy Bahama golf shirts, which are so ugly, by the way. I don't get why people buy them, but um, they're like fancy. They're it's because they're silk. I want to say like, they're silk. They're, they're, but made they're of so ugly. That's really- they're ugly. <laughs> you're gonna spend that much money, get something I mean, that looks good, really get a stylist. I mean, you spent like I'm sure people in fashion. There's a reason for this. You know, people will, you know, people will spend a lot of money to look like grungy. Right? I know, I know. Again, it's everyone's preference. I'm just being a hater, well, but you can I'm just, just like, like this is so I, ugly. I guess, yeah, <laughs> you don't look good. But I, like all of that was surfacing. So this first day at the gym was like I was, I felt worn out by the time I left. Not just physically, but emotionally. I was like, wow, I have a lot of issues with wealth. And so I think it was all piling on because we're in this season of, of you know, we've been talking about like all of the Black consumers Friday. Of season? Yeah, Q4 we're like consumerism season. We're an ultra consumers <laughs> consumerism season, and it's just like all the deals and how much shopping we are obligated to do, and if we don't, we we well, this, don't. This is where most retailers, yeah, this is where like most retailers make like most of their money exactly. Like three months, I'm sure. Not even three months. I feel like in the last two months of the year, right? But like, yeah, it was just a lot. So I called a bunch sounds of people. Like a, <laughs> sounds like a very mingy problem. Yeah, it was too. totally mingy. I think I've heard this like, I've heard this in different contexts a lot. But this was the most like, intense, I, I tell you. And this is, this is, I think, again, this is, um, I think it's very. This, this is your future. This is the future See? of your actress famous self. Shut up. See, this is, and this is, uh, trust me, and it was, it was making me question all these things. Like, what do I really want? Right? Because this has been a discussion and this is something that I've been struggling with as a 30 year old adult who's helping run a non, a nonprofit organization and wants to make it in a certain way and have a certain lifestyle and, 
you know, send my parents on vacations. My dad's turning 60. Like all these thoughts were going through my head. Right. And I think that this conflict I was having this night was very apropos because I, I want financial stability and I want, it is a certain marker of success, of value saying that, you know, the work that I do is important and you should pay me for it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And honestly, in the Asian community, it's such a like important but taboo subject where it's so passive aggressive how Asian people flaunt their money and how it is such a measure of status, right? And it's so, and I think all of that feeds into why I've, I've had a really negative relationship with it. Does that make sense? Like a little bit. I mean, it depends on where, like you come from like a Korean background and that's kind of just been Korea's MO for like, you know. Yeah. So, like, I grew up, like... It's a very materialistic society. Right. Um, I think the world is materialistic, but, yeah, Korea is (laughs) really. Yeah. I mean, I think um, Taiwan is a little bit more um, hipster. I heard Taiwan's as bad as Korea. Maybe not as bad, but pretty close. Maybe in the past generation. I think in the current generation, there's a little... There's been a backlash. Just like there's been a backlash in, um, in the States on, like, you know that kind of materialism um it's it's been replaced by a different type of materialism you know like a more like you know hipster type of like authentic craze type of um culture mm-hmm. but you know it's you know consumerism is always going to be around just in different forms like, right they're just making stuff we want to buy right <laughs> but um in terms of, like brand names and things like that um i see um there's it's still in time but it's, it's less you see it a lot in China for sure. Like China is a very like it's a it's a country full of people just coming into money, and like you know when you come into money as a like new money per se or whatever, um, you have to you find ways to show it right. You don't you know you don't necessarily save or be smart with it because you don't you don't know how. So what you buy fancy Audis, you find you buy Tiffany jewelry, and you buy you know I don't know like really gaudy looking coats. <laughs> See, and that's the thing too. So that's what I was really questioning. And I'd like to like to add to this the the picture of what I was going through. It wasn't just a, a blanket judgment, right? There was definitely a lot of judging going on. Of like, I was just looking at people in this gym and I'm like, what do you do for the world, right? Like, I was so defensive of I guess middle class or just like saying, what do you do something that is really good for mankind that you deserve this luxury? Like is the fact that my mom is cleaning your clothes, she can I my mom would never like well she just needs to work out period because she doesn't like exercising. But should she have that money, you know, she doesn't make the lifestyle that would make it easier for her to spend two hundred dollars on on this plush gym, right? And does that make her yeah. work less valuable? Does that make her less valuable? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just kind of went down this rabbit hole. And so I got defensive of my parents, my dad, you know, and just like my friends, my peers, like people that I know who are really honest, <laughs> good people. And I'm just comparing and I'm like, what the hell do you do? Do you try to I'm do something <laughs> good? Or are you like a stingy ass, selfish, materialistic mofo who just like lives to pamper yourself? But it was so bad. And I was then and then I turned it on me and I'm like, Minji, you're such a bitch. Like I'm so in my own head. Like, you're being really harsh. You don't know these people from you know, they're they're good and bad people at every tax bracket, if you will. But I feel like rich people get a really bad rap because you hear about so much of the corruption and fraud and swindling of others. You know what I mean? And they get to live this plush lifestyle that 
essentially we kind of manufacture to say this is the life that you want and if you don't have it then you're in a lesser than position and that sucks <laughs> so I, I don't know i was just like i was judging myself too for being judgmental <laughs> so overall i need to stop judging but that's like maybe you should just stop going to equinox <laughs> no so see that's exactly the opposite of what i concluded so i talked to i ended up talking with steve he was the seventh person that i called and everyone else was busy but steve and i chatted for a while and honestly it's a real issue and I I haven't heard that many people talk about it, but I want to talk about it. That's why I'm bringing it to this podcast. I know I might be like stirring the pot. It's a very sensitive topic. I'm not trying to, if you are out there listening, you make a good living. I'm not trying to sit here and say that you're a horrible person. I'm saying this is my perspective, the way that I was brought up. And, um, and I don't want, I don't want to think this way. I think that's the reason why I was so conflicted. I was like, I don't want to look at these people and have a snap judgment and think that they're all Donald Trump and a total arrogant asshole that has, is completely out of touch with reality and hard work. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a problem. Yeah, and the, the, I mean, you can't, <laughs> I can't. I, yeah, I think, um, it's easy to just say like, oh, because this person like, pays as much to go to a gym or this person like speaks with like these big words or whatever that they're you know pretentious and they're you know like not a good person but right. i think you know having an open mind i mean there's you can't sometimes you can't help the way people are brought up um but it's what they do really that's important so right maybe just talk to them is, is what i might suggest for anyone who like you know, sad sits there and like judges people just based on where they are. At the same time, though, like a place like Equinox is kind of like um, there's this whole thing about. Um, so, have you ever been to Georgetown in DC? Yes, I have. It's beautiful. Okay, so it's a really fancy place, um, but you'll notice that there's no metro line that runs to it, and there was originally supposed to, and the city voted it down because a metro line would bring undesirables into the city. Oh right? dear! Like the only way to get in is like through a shuttle through the university. Like otherwise, you have to have to drive. Wow. Um, I think there's a bus that goes there too, but like it's kind of the, the thing is like, you know, there the, the reason Equinox exists is because there's, I guess there's a demand for a place to work out where you don't have to be around normal people, right? Like normal, like not six packs Joe, you know, like just trying to. Well, you know, granted, let me. I, resolution, like. Yeah. So the funny thing, well, here's, and that's so to correct your, your seat. And again, we have all these like images of like who is in there, who are, who's behind these like beautiful frosted glass doors. I've been going to, do, so I was like, I had this whole meltdown. I talked it out with Steve. I talked it out with John, my brother, Naomi, like over the course of the last few days, I like, I shared this story just to kind of, gauge my insanity and i'm just processing through it my my conclusion after talking with steve was this is my opportunity i mean they always say that you know the biggest growth comes from your discomfort it's not when you're happy and comfortable and everything's hunky-dory that you're progressing as a human being it's when you're wildly uncomfortable that usually it's like okay there's something that's shifting here right and i haven't felt this like emotionally disrupted in a long time I mean, I, you know me, I get, I get riled up about a lot of things, but this was something very real because I feel like as at the point I am at, in my life with career and my goals in terms of what I want to do as an actor and for collaboration, all these different things, I'm very much in a money mindset and I don't want to villainize money and say that, oh, it is the root of all evil. I think that people, like you said, like it's the people who have it, like what they do with it that makes it makes a difference right because there's people who have lots of money and do so many good things with it it's a tool right 
So my conclusion with Steve was like, he's like, you need a, this is your chance to like go be more open-minded. Like you're, you have to be, if you want to enjoy your seven day pass, you can look at them and, and kind of go into the clean slate and approach them. Not with this preconceived notion of like, Oh, you're Joey Dickbag who does nothing good for the earth. and just makes a lot of money and spends on equinox no that could be their like their treat yourself haven they have the money to do that and then they go out and who knows their company donates every year to like amnesty international i don't know but it's essentially that and it's like it goes back to this whole thing i've been meditating and i've actually talked about this with giamazawa i hung out with him last week but just kind of like what your subconscious what you believe and how you feel about certain things what it'll actually do in terms of your life like what you'll practice as a result of those feelings and the meditation stuff that i do it talks about how if you hate anything subconsciously you hate money you hate intimacy you hate whatever right you'll push it away you're never going to allow it in your life if you just think that it's awful and evil so Mm -hmm. this is my big meta thing where right now this is the the thing that i'm going through right now with all of it because i'm in hollywood and i'm dealing with a lot of different kinds of people how to be more open-minded and not judge so harshly things that I don't know. But it's really hard. And I don't yeah. know if I'm the only person that feels this way, but I wouldn't be surprised if I wasn't the only person that feels this way. Um, I mean, there's also other other ways to look at it, too, in terms of, like, career development. Like, so another parallel I can draw not like that's not as dire as, like, the Georgetown example is, like, basically, it's like a country club, right? Like, it's a... Equinox is creating this exclusive, like this exclusivity, so that the only people that can, that are in there, are people that can afford it. Um, you assume people that um, are doing well or connected. So you know, people like to network with people that do the same things they love. That's why people golf together. That's why people go on, you know, I don't know, like trips together and things like that. Like you know, sometimes people work out together, and like the people that you meet in this gym might be people that you know. Can like not strategic. That sounds terrible, but that can help you in your you know that becomes you know contacts for you or like like minded people. And it's yeah, and it's kind of a way to you know, I guess filter it or something. And the thing is, this is what I realized too. So I've been trying to go every single day. I've gone tomorrow's my last day. I'm gonna go tomorrow. So I have gone six out of seven. I will have gone six out of seven days of this pass. And every day except today, I went to the Century City one again. I've been going to different clubs. So I went to Encino. I went to downtown LA. I went to Beverly Hills. I went to Glendale um, and Century City. Like those are the five that I've gone to. And it's really different crowds everywhere that you go and what i've noticed this is my insider knowledge from someone who spent a week at equinox they're all different people they're not all shredded and they're not all you know barbie dolls or whatever people are imagining the really rich to look like it was it was weird at the century city one where i got complimentary valet and my honda civic was the only honda everything else was like an audi there were like four bmws and mercedes i was like oh god it's just i don't like that that affects myself as do you know what i'm saying i don't like that that makes me feel lesser than it did though real like full disclosure i felt embarrassed it's like oh there's my dented (laughs) i mean you don't need you you can just be like oh who's driving that civic i know no but that's what i'm saying like why do i have to walk (laughs) around feeling ashamed i earned that car i paid that car out of my own pocket from like my hard work right it gets me from a to b it's a super amazing gas efficient car why do i gotta feel 
inferior because I'm not driving a Beamer. Do you know what I'm saying? That I don't want to lie about that. I'm That's sure. not the attitude I want. Like, own your stuff. I would love a luxury car, but again, it has to make sense. And here's the other thing with... No, okay. One last thing, though. I say everyone has their thing, okay? And here's the thing. My thing is I love fitness. And you know what? If I had a lot of money... Actually, I, I wonder if there, this is where I do my shopper comparison. There are com- comparable gyms that can give me the same kind of like nice, relaxing experience, but just not cost that much. But I don't know. Everyone has their thing. And I realize that too. Some people love to eat really good food all the time, right? Whereas I go to Trader Joe's, get my groceries and try to minimize as much as I'm spending on food and then treat myself every like once in a while. Huh? I feel like you're talking about somebody we know. Maybe. But everyone has their thing, right? So some people, like, if you're going to get benefit out of it, who's to judge, right? And I don't know these people's lifestyle. And I don't know. Like, I don't make enough money to right now go to Equinox for $200 a month. But it's been a nice experience. It's been really, really nice. And with that, uh, we're going to take a quick break and talk about some collaboration updates. And then we'll be back to talk about production horror stories. And this podcast is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization that supports Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, connecting, elevating, discovering, and showcasing our diverse talents to the world. I probably messed that order up. It's okay. <laughs> we'll deal with it. It's cool. They got the message. How's it going, Minji? Good. It's great. Christmas time. We've had a lot. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas. So we had a lot of great events coming that came up this past weekend. Um, we had a caroling event. We uh, collaboration helped produce a Christmas carnival. And with the year ending up, there's not a lot left for collaboration for 2016, except for some more content coming out um, on our website. So keep an eye on that, www.collaboration.org. There's also this podcast that we're still going to record. Um, so keep to stay stay tuned for that and uh, i guess we should talk about getting ready for 20 wait did i say 2016 almost in my bad 2015 is almost at the end we're getting ready for 2016 <laughs> we um, are and, and you need to join collaboration that's recruiting. yeah that's my my main update for all y'all is that this is honestly well fyi for anybody who's listening honestly collaboration we're always People join staff all throughout the year, but you know the beginning of the year is when we kind of refreshed our our teams, and a lot of people are moving on to really great things and grad school and jobs and whatnot. It's just a really fun opportunity to meet new people and, and contribute to something really meaningful for the community. Um, if you are interested in entertainment in any aspect, it's just a fun way to dive into that for a little bit. So consider joining your collaboration city near you. If you're interested, check out um, the Get Involved section of our website. Again, that's www.collaboration.org. And while you're on the website, uh, check out our merch offerings. Um, it's a little too late to order for Christmas unless you want to spring for that next day delivery. But always on sale is a great selection of t-shirts, tank tops, and sweatshirts that are very, very comfortable. Um, I've been wearing my sweatshirt here at home because it's freezing in China. But it's very stylish. I've been getting compliments from my parents. <laughs> well, your mom's super hip, okay? So that is that means something. Um, so yeah, check out the... Um, there's a link on the site. You can also check out our merch at www.gummymall.com slash collaboration. Uh, finally, we are, re- like Minji said, we are recruiting, and we're also recruiting for our blog team. So at the same... Uh, at the same... 
at the same place where you can find our staff application you can also find our blog application if you're a writer um, that's interested in uh, writing for the collaboration blog uh, we do a lot of cool work um, highlighting Asian Americans doing cool stuff around the community uh, we just had a really great article last week on James Choi um, the proprietor of Cafe Dose in LA and how he's um, helped change the LA community for the better and yeah if you're a good writer we want you to write for us and finally we're still accepting entries for our Haikus with Hotties 2016 calendar giveaway. Again, if you'd like to submit, um, or if you'd like to win a copy of the calendar, uh, submit a haiku to cl- submit a haiku to podcast at collaboration.org uh, with a haiku of your New Year's resolutions. Um, we're going to give you one more week to uh, submit, and we're going to re- we're going to read the winner on our first episode in 2016. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, one last thing. We're always accepting emails for you to read on the air. So if you have an email to send to us, podcast at collaboration.org. We love reading your questions, your comments, and also your quizzes. It's been a while since we've had a quiz, and I really want to learn more about Minji. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Going into the, the deep, dark corners of my mind? Yep. It's always fun to uh, learn more. <laughs> Is it? And- or is it frightening? We don't know. You never know until you find out, so ask away. Yep. And um, one last thing. Because it's Christmas and you love us so much, uh, as a present, it would really mean a lot to us if you went on to iTunes and gave us a quick rating and review. Five stars. Five stars, preferably. And that does it for the collaboration update. Now back to our show. And we're back. Hi, guys. I'm Marvin Yu, and I'm joined, as always, by Christine Minji Chang, our fearless leader back home in Los Angeles, California. Hola. So, now that you're all in shape from your week at Equinox. I'm eating gummy bears to- as we speak. <laughs> 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 they're Christmas themed. I saw them at the dollar store, and they're all the red and green, which are the best ones, except and white. But yeah. Anyways, they're amazing. Happy holidays. I like the white ones, yeah. White ones are amazing. Is that pineapple? pineapple I think so. Right? I think it's pineapple. Mm. I mean orange slices, so I think I win this round. Who are you? Who are you? I'm eating candy and you're eating fruit? I'm so confused right now. I don't know what to do with yep. myself. I need to counteract all this like smog in my lungs. Yes, exactly. Is that what it takes? <laughs> In case you guys didn't know, in case you guys didn't know, I nag Marvin like every moment we're together. You guys are all jealous of him to get to hang out with me, huh? But I nag him all the time. Stop drinking soda. Drink water. Eat more vegetables. uh, My mom, my mom juices. So I've been. (laughs) That's good. That makes me really, really happy. Anyways. Our feature topic today is production horror stories because Minji and I are event producers and we've seen a lot in our days. We've been producing for like the better part of the decade. But recently, um, there's a big hubbub about uh, the Miss Universe pageant. Oh, and dear Steve God. Harvey reading, with Steve Harvey reading, host Steve Harvey reading the wrong winner. And I didn't see this, but did the did Miss Columbia walk down the aisle before they realized? Or You didn't like, watch the thing? 
I'm in China. <gasps> oh dear God. Okay, so I'm gonna like describe the whole scenario to you. And if you haven't watched it, I'm sh- if there's somebody out there who hasn't watched it who's not in China, I'd be surprised. I watched it even though I really <laughs> didn't want to. But um, okay, basically, if you look at the, car- I don't even know if you could see the link. Um, but the, the we got a glimpse of that card. But anyways, Steve Harvey announces the winner of Miss Universe to be Columbia. She was legit announced as the winner. Okay. She starts crying. She gets the bouquet. She got the crown. She was had the crown on. She's waving. She's like in her moment. That's how bad it was because she was the winner. And then Steve Harvey's on the side going, there's been a mistake. But like, I'm so, I have, <laughs> like, I have some really bad news or forgot exact words, but he had to take it back. It was so sad. It was just this horrible, anxiety-filled, everyone watching was just like clenching their butts and just being like, oh my God, this is so sad and that's, so horrible. That's so awkward. So did they like have to redo the whole walking down the aisle? And, like, no, waving? so she, she's standing there looking <laughs> confused, holding her flowers, wearing her crown, looking gorgeous and everything. And then Philippines is off to the side because, you know, she thought she was the first runner-up. So, And they just keep panning back and forth. And you get her face, you get Columbia's face, you get Steve Harvey, you got like... And she's standing there... The Miss Philippines, like, she's standing there, like, confused, like, do I go? Like, where, what am I supposed to do? Because she's trying to figure out, what does this mean, that I won? And, you know, they're they're all trying to, like, figure, oh, my God, it was a train wreck. It was so bad. So she ends up going, walking oh. to the center stage and getting the flowers switched because she got a bouquet of flowers, just not the Miss Universe flowers. They had to switch yeah, flowers. She got, uh, she got the- the nice tri flowers. Yeah, good, 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 good going, you. And uh, and then she got the crown, and it was just so heartbreaking. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it was so bad as like. Can a, you imagine if like one of our like hosts read the wrong name during awards at collaboration? That's exactly what I was thinking, man. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what then, I was thinking. Oh no. This is so bad, and I felt you know I'm feeling bad for what's happening in front on the stage for obviously for Miss Philippines, but my like heart was palpitating for everybody in the back, just going like, "What the hell is happening right now? Get the!" <laughs> I would imagine you and me like screaming at each other. Well, it'd be like, like if because we know who wins before like the judging right or after the judging so it'd be like expecting one thing and hearing the other like wait no 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 exactly exactly <laughs> but like okay so the other thing that's been shared like actually benny put it on neck shark um they got a photo of the actual of the actual card the announcement card who and he just did yeah, this how's whole that winner not up. front and center and bold yeah. yeah that's what he's saying like his title was like who designed this card an intern like he was so mad and they said, like, it's not Steve Harvey's fault that the wrong winner was announced. It's whoever designed this effed up card. Because it's, like, it's just off-center. Like, I looked at it, and I was like, it is not clear who's... Like, if you looked at it quickly, and you're in a high-stakes event where, you know, adrenaline's going, and there's a million things moving, and cameras, and, like, whatever. If I was Steve Harvey, I don't think it would... It, it makes sense to me why he would flub that. It was not well-designed. But, you know... You're not on Facebook, so you have not seen the absolute, like, the roaring rapid river of memes and just, like, people (laughs) ripping him apart. It's so mean. To be be fair, though, 
I mean, as a producer of a talent competition, how do you not give him like a sample copy beforehand saying, all right, when you're on stage, look at the bottom right corner. Like, how is he not briefed? How is he not given like... Then that's boo on the producers. And I'm saying that... On one hand, yeah. No, you're right. No, you're right. You should. You should always brief your host. But that's. Yeah, but we had to learn that over. I mean, but it's the freaking Miss Universe pageant. So you're thinking like, okay, you're you're getting paid an ass ton of money to make this, make sure that this show goes really, really well. So yeah. make sure that it goes really, really well, which includes briefing your freaking host, right? Yeah, I mean, it's showbiz, so like the buck runs downhill. So like, who knows where the actual error or like the actual breakdown occurred? But yeah. It's it was bad design. It was bad communication, and it was just like for a production that's like pretty high stakes and complicated. It's a it was a I feel like it was a really simple thing to miss. Yeah, and a lot of times that's just what happens in like these big like everyone's so concerned about the complicated like the transitions or the angles or the sound or everything that you know you, you miss the small things and then it turns out to be like the, the, hugest the biggest thing. thing uh yeah. make sure you announce the right winner seriously the design of that is just absolute yeah. garbage and i feel for steve honestly like i mean it's just you want to just blame the i'm sure there's so many people just, i mean because it's a it's such an easy you know like not villainization but just like you're like steve you just effed up the entire Miss Universe pageant it's all your fault you know for me I'm like no well he did yes made a mistake but (laughs) but I don't know from our side I just I can't look at it that way I'm like no the producers messed up and whoever allowed that card to be given to him really messed up and then Steve messed up yeah yeah. oh I feel so bad for him I felt bad for everybody it's just such (laughs) an awkward moment yeah but let me just think about just as a producer just the many times that we've encountered just horrible situations or just terrible situations. It's sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes, sometimes it's not a lot of times it was like, I want to say a lot of times it's not, but who knows the truth. Um, but I mean, but see you guys, this is a collaboration. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) We've, we've talked about this ad nauseum because this is like the meta life message of like, you're never going to learn unless you fail. (laughs) And just yeah. the extent and intensity of which you will fail <laughs> varies because we've had some bad moments, man. And Marvin's seen it and he's dealt with it. Like behind the scenes, I've had moments where I'm just like crying after a show. I just feel so awful and just depressed. And I feel like I messed something up really badly for some reason. And I don't want to go into it, but I'm letting y'all know, <laughs> you know, yeah, we're aware <laughs> sometimes. And sometimes things I mean, go really well. We're not going to name names. Yeah, no. Professionals. Let's not. But like we've had, you know, it's, we've had situations where, like, you know, we've been stuck with crew that didn't know what they were doing, and we've been stuck with just like, didn't you have a situation where like crew was just talking shit all over the radio? Oh you know? my god, like, that was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Freaking like you, you, blank theater. It's really asses. a good feeling when you know the crew working your show is like making fun of your show. Like, I mean, we've had different. The th- yeah, they were talking shit about our show because they were like. And this is when they thought that our stage manager was off the radio. Because he was. He got off to go to the bathroom and I put my the headphones on. And they didn't know that I was on. And then they proceeded with their internal conversation making fun of all the Asians. And I was like, what? Are you joking me? We're paying here to be right now. On t- not even the money thing. But on top of that, you guys are horrible human beings. 
Like these are young people. We're putting yeah. together a talent showcase to like inspire and elevate our community. And you're talking shit. Like I was so furious. And then the whole money, like we're paying you money, and bleh, like I went off. <laughs> but that was it. And then yeah, like a I different thought- show, we had someone that was high. we had a crew, uh, multiple crew members that were high that were working our show. Oh, we had that too. We had a show. Um, this was back when I was. Um, I'm not gonna say where I was. I worked a show once. <laughs> it's not like. If they weren't high, they were drunk, and they were just, like, not on point. Like, we we needed people to be on top of switching. You know, like, when you're, when, you're, when you're dealing with a variety show, like, collaboration, a lot of moving parts, a lot of mics that need to be turned on, turned off, a lot of tracks that need to be played at the right time. Right. And if you're not on, on that, like, Lighting, someone starts video. seeing you, you can't hear them. Yep. You know? So, like, this guy was, I think he was drunk, but it was just, like, you serious? Like, we're paying you. At, like, Reading Theater's is not cheap. Yep. Like labor costs a lot, especially if they're a union. And like, it's, it's like, we, ex- like you expect a certain amount of professionalism from people who do this for a living. Right. Right. And sometimes you don't get that, but when you do, it's amazing. Like our, our last show, um, star, we can talk about this. Shout out um, to our tiny theater. Cause we love you guys. <laughs> very. Yeah. It, it was like, we had a very complicated set of acts that like were pulled off without a hitch freaking orchestra and everything took the time to you know like to work with us to figure out the right timing the right kind of movements for people on and off stage and things like that so like when you have a really good crew it makes all the difference and like it it and honestly just takes a couple people like asking the right questions you know is this card confusing right right right. do you does is this clear to you when you look at this (laughs) do you know what you're (laughs) supposed to read like that matters and we've had to learn and this is something that gets refined and uh, honestly i i get i always try to take everything and broaden it right connect it to everything else but i say this is why i I always pitch to people when you're learning how to do a live event where you literally have only one take right whatever happens on that stage that night when you have an audience you can't go back to one it's different than and even with film where like there's millions of dollars on the line or whatever that's a whole other ball of wax. But live events, there's a pressure and a, an adrenaline that's going that you cannot repeat. And whatever gets put on stage is what you get, right? So that yeah. prep and everything, that's so that's, relatable to every other industry. It's like having the right questions answered <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, that's like the, the, the tenements of project management is like the pre, what you do before the launch of your project is the most important because – like, if you don't, like, answering, like, we know this, like, fixing a moving car, answering questions while we're already on the way is way harder than just figuring out beforehand and, like, making sure we have a plan in case, like, you know, in case this or this or this happens, right? Right. Yeah. I was getting I'm stressed sure out for a minute. I'm sure next card will be a giant, like, yeah. in bold <laughs> and, in, in, like, glitter. Like, this is the winner. <laughs> Read this name with arrows pointing to it. <laughs> 18 arrows from every angle. Yeah. This is the name. But that's, Don't read this one. Uh. Yeah, but congratulations to Miss Philippines. I now actually, I okay, honestly, besides, and this is the, this, and you know, they say there's no such thing as bad press. I mean, this just blew Miss Universe up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is. Well, it was funny. Andrew Rose, side note, Andrew Rose uh, put a Facebook status today saying like, how come all of the winners from Miss Universe are always from planet Earth? Like Miss Universe. I was like, you're such a dumbass. 
I was laughing really hard, though. It's true, though. Why, why not Miss World or Miss Earth? I guess Miss Universe just sounds better. It's like how, like, the winner of the Super Bowl is the world champion, but only because no one else in the world plays football. That's exactly what I'm football. saying, right. It's like they're world <laughs> champion because they didn't compete with the world. They only competed nationally, so shut up. <laughs> yeah. Also, the NBA, too. Like, I'm, I get it that we have a Canadian team. Um, but it's kind of presumptuous to say that the United States basketball, I mean, I guess we're still number one because we've never lost, like, I don't think, we, we got the gold medal last summer, right? I know we, there was a scare. I feel like the NBA, they can't say world champion anymore because there are other countries that play just as good basketball. Yeah, have they, well, so is, are the Olympics (laughs) the only time where that is tested? Well, there's always an international like championship, just like other sports. Um, so the the U.S. team has been competing in those for the last couple of years. I don't know how well they're doing. I don't even know who's on it. But next year is Rio. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Summer Olympics. But I'm excited about 2018. 2018 is the... Um, I was about to say Pyongyang, but it's Pyeongchang, right? Not the capital of Korea, North Korea. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I highly <laughs> doubt that that's happening. Yeah. It's in uh, South Korea next year, uh, 2018. So that sh- should be fun. We can see a lot of. Uh, well, it's just um, Kim Yuna isn't. She's retired, right? I believe so. So it's gonna be I'm a, a bad person to ask for of... sports in general. Yeah, I don't know why I started. That was a mistake. Well, Not no, I just bad. don't have much to contribute. No, but I'm learning from you, so feel free. <laughs> I'm just saying, Missy. Okay, well, I'm not. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because I didn't watch it, and we're working on me not judging things I haven't experienced for myself. So I want to watch more about the Miss Universe pageant. I just have a lot of issues with like beauty pageants in general. But is Miss Universe a Donald Trump thing too, or is that just Miss America? I don't know, but anything. See, that's what I'm saying. It's all tainted now. Do you get what I'm? Ugh. Someone shared this awful YouTube. Huh. I'm saying, uh, let's not get you started on Donald Trump. Yeah, let's not. Let's let's back away from that. Beep, beep. Yes. Put this car in reverse. The alarms uh, are going on. (laughs) Go away. Walk away. uh, Support the vote, guys. Scale out the vote next year. Next year is very important for the future of, I want to say the world. Is that like being too dramatic? I don't think so. Low key. It impacts the world. Uh, I mean, this is just interesting that there's so many people, and but this is kind of telling of the rest of the world that, that the rest of the world pays much more attention to our politics than we pay attention to our politics, and we certainly don't pay attention to international politics because we don't even pay attention to ours. We're busy watching yeah, The Bachelor. I've been watching, <laughs> I've been watching the English language news for uh, CCTV, which they actually do a really good job reporting on like other country stuff. It's very fair and neutral. I think it's just when they're reporting on China stuff that they're a little bit more... Um, towing the, the party line just because they're state run but it's been really interesting just seeing like coverage of like actual coverage of europe and the other like the rest of the world that's how i felt when i was in europe a couple you know a few months ago it was just it felt yeah. for some reason when you're there like the bbc's on 24 7 there's always news going on and for some reason it feels much more normal to be interested does that make sense like, I don't go out of yep. my way to, well, I listen to NPR, but like, again, it just, it felt different. Like I was in London, so I felt very international. Maybe it's just because I felt international because I was traveling internationally, but it felt a lot more well, to be, what's going on in the Ukraine, you know? 
<laughs> I think at the same time, there's a lot more like reporting going on with like international news channels as opposed to like I feel like the 24 hour you know news cycle. Like, the, the 24-hour news networks, they, there's only really one or two main stories they're reporting at any given time. The rest are just, like, people arguing with each other. And, like, at some point, I know some people love debates. Like, you know, I mean, that's why some people become lawyers, right? Because they love debating. But I'm not that into listening to people fight each other, just like, 24-7. Not 24-7, like, but occasionally. Yeah, I can go for a good discussion. You know, I can go go for like, oh, like that's, you know, bring up interesting things about different perspectives. But when it comes down to like, there's a lot of news out there that's just like one like person or one outlet trying to impose their view or their perspective on like other people and really not being open to. Or just talking nonsense like the (laughs) debates in our country, (laughs) our party debates. That's such a, I mean... Well, you're stupid, and I don't like your outfit. (laughs) It's been... It's interesting because, like, it's... Obviously, it's supposed to, like, mirror a small-town type of, you know, debate where, like, you're talking about issues, but it just becomes a... Like, a soundbite fest, right? Everyone's just trying to out-clever each other or out, like... Like, who's going to have the best soundbite that people are going to repeat over and over? And, like... It's funny because, like, you know how, like, reality imitates art, right? Or art imitates reality. Uh, I think that's how it goes. Um, like, they make fun of this stuff on House of Cards and on Veep. But then you really look at how it really goes. Hmm. And it's, like, not that far from the truth, you know? Like, some things might be exaggerated for dramatic effect. But the strategies, the gamesmanship, the whole, like, the whole political game is very, like, it's scary how apparent it is sometimes you know it's all about carrying favor it's all about like quid pro quo you do something for me i do something for you we exchange favors and blah 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 well there's so many ways to look at one thing too like you can look at something as like oh that was just a really smart savvy political move or blah 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 right someone else can look at the same exact thing and be like that was total complete manipulation of whatever you know what i'm saying like again that goes back to a bigger thing of like well what's fact and what's truth and what's just your opinion and I guess that's just the thing. Like, if 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 the general public is just maybe a little bit more aware, a little bit more educated about issues, a little bit more like independent thinking, a lot of these strategies probably wouldn't work the way they do, right? But I don't know. We're going to this is a whole like big conspiracy theory. But then, <laughs> but, but I mean, but there's there's truth yeah. to that. And again, I don't know because I don't sit around talking politics a lot with most of my friends right even though my i mean my friends here's the other thing too it's funny and this is my reality i don't feel like i'm i'm an idiot per se you know in in terms of like what's going on with the world but sometimes i feel very much intimidated to contribute to a political conversation even though i would like to 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 engage and to uh be enlightened or what have you but this is also the part where you feel like everyone else knows and you don't i think that also influences your willingness to partake in a conversation. You're just like, I'm not even going to talk about it because I don't know anything. But how will you ever engage in a conversation Maybe, if yeah. you never engage I in a conversation? That. Right? I, that happens yeah, to me all the time. I, like, it, I don't know about anybody else. It happens to me. And I don't feel like I'm completely ignorant. But sometimes I feel very much intimidated because I'm like, oh, I don't know as much as you do. So I'm going to let you talk because yeah. I don't know what no, I'm I get saying. that. And I get that. And I think... um 
for me, it's like policy I find is interesting. Like I like talking about policy, like things people are doing, so even local level or like, you know, like I interned at a business development office at a local city, like just the the politics or the policies behind how cities develop and things like that or how organizations develop is interesting. I think it becomes less interesting to me when politics get thrown into it because then you're not really talking about the policy. You're more talking about like, well, why this policy won't work or who supports it or like what would like it. It becomes like when you add the power play stuff into it, to me, it becomes a lot less interesting because it's just like, this is all just like added layers of things that like just overcomplicate a simple matter. Like, you know, like we're trying to do this. Like, I get that you have to think about what, you know, the public will think or what, you know, how the media will spin it and things like that or how like who's in favor of that. Like, it's all about like, you know, our our representatives are elected to represent our interests and our interests are all really diverse and sometimes they don't make sense. Like this is the whole thing where there's like this factory in, I think it's, I think it's in the Midwest that makes tanks, right? And for the last like 10 years, we haven't used tanks to fight wars, right? We use we use airplanes, we use drones, we don't really use tanks anymore. But then this, their senator can't like say, oh, well, we, we, we can shut this out because we can save the country millions and millions of dollars or tr- billions of dollars and like, you know, funnel it to education or something. Because if that factory shuts down, the people will vote this guy out of office because they took away their jobs. Mm. And so and so now there's like this big storehouse and like the arm that the army has full of tanks they will never use. Right. And like each tank costs like millions of dollars. And it's just like, it's, there's a lot of just, there's a lot of ways our politicians are um, tied up or unable to do what is best for the country because of the way our country is set up and things like that. And it's interesting how, like, I just feel like if the people, like, it's not about losing the jobs, like, it's about creating policy to, like, shift the, that shift that capital elsewhere, you know, like, instead of building tanks, let's build, I don't know, schools or buildings or something, you know? I don't know. I right. Don't know. Well, the thing is also, it's like, what you're talking about is, like, there's, there's the issue of people who have interest in politics or, and then obviously when you're interested in politics, you're dealing with, like, an avalanche of knowledge and information and insider stuff and like there's you you can kind of scratch the surface and then feel like you never really fully get it but i think a big block besides just kind of lack of interest that interest could be built or like sparked if people actually felt like they could make some sort of difference and i think that's a really big thing of what blocks people out or prevents them from being interested do you know what i'm saying like why get interested in this fucking migraine right that you can't even do anything about i think that powerlessness or that feeling of like it's already its own circus and i my vote or whatever it is has no real impact on it why even start why bother you know what i mean so that makes sense to me too and i think that's been a lot of my life or it's a mix of intimidation i've always been very passionate like i want to make a difference and all that stuff that's who i am but also, there's a feeling, a subconscious underlying feeling of like, well, could I even do anything? Would it actually change anything if I decided yeah. to read up on it or whatever? It might really just but stress me out more. The beauty of, 
<laughs> but that's kind of the beauty of just like the American like political system is that like everyone does get a vote and everyone does get a chance to like you know there's a free like you can freely voice your opinion one way or the other and you know, it's up to you to make intelligent arguments or like scream and blah be a troll or whatever but like you know they're I don't know where this I don't know, I don't know where that came from how do we get even on the subject well, we're talking about Miss Universe. Miss Universe and politics and Donald I, Trump. Is it because I said Trump? Probably. It's, it's all good. I don't care. It's important. This <laughs> is this is. But you know what I'm saying. And this is and this is what I'm kind of like. I, I wasn't like consciously intentionally thinking, but, but it kind of goes to the bigger issue of why it, it matters for us to like work with API vote or like work with Rock the Vote or whatever to register people. What to what degree when you come to a new country or whatever, and we're like a new demographic. And beyond that, too, beyond just the race thing, like the the participation, right? The civic participation of Mm -hmm. something that really does impact your life. It dictates like your parameters, right? It dictates like what you have access to, where your taxes are going to go, right? All these things. It does really directly impact you. But like the indifference of that, it's a little frightening. And I think that that's really yeah. important to talk about because there's real reasons. It's not, I'm not saying that to just be like, well, everyone's stupid and selfish and blah, blah, blah. There are real reasons and we're just touching on a few of them. But I, I don't think that that's something to kind of like swipe under the rug, right? Like we, yeah. like our communities kind of currently, <laughs> according to data. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of our, our political systems is everyone gets a vote everyone gets it's up to them to you know find find out where they stand and i think it's really like it really is up to the individual voters to kind of figure out what is best for them and you know it's my hope that you know most people do their research um you know learn about how things really affect them you know people in their tax bracket people in their class and things like that um i'm not 100 percent sure that's what happens but you know the system as it is like works in theory but then you know as with all systems people find ways to game it even like you know we talked about china earlier like even here even in like other countries like you know the rules are rules like there's a saying in like just i don't know if it's like an asian business thing or something but like rules are made to be like loopholed right? right like the rules are there to like set standards but there's always a way around it and you know that's where you get stuff like you know, people cutting corners, like people, like false advertising. Like, think about America before even like tooth and advertising, right? People are saying cigarettes can cure cancer or like give you health and stuff, you know? Right. Like, because there's no regulation then, on advertising. They could say whatever the crazy things that they wanted to sell yeah. a cigarette. And then they made truth and adver- they made like advertising regulations and people find other ways to like kind of sneak in messages and you know like convince you to buy their things and this is where i like um, would like to plug the beauty <laughs> and the power of media like there's so many ways i mean we all can easily say there's so many ways that media has skewed stories or uh, sensationalized things or covered things up etc cetera, etc cetera, right or like we're distracted by some splashy article about taylor swift versus caring about what's going on in the middle east or what's going on in europe right but I also say again that's like for every good there's there's a a bad but for me 
I hope, and I really think that there are people out there because there are people who are really creative and really technically skilled and also very socially conscious that they can take something really, really complex. Again, I think it takes a great amount of intelligence to take to distill something that's super complex and simplify it to something very understandable and straightforward. For example, yeah, they 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 had that video on um, that I saw on Facebook that was a re- it was an infographic. It was one big uh, motion graphic video. I think it was like four or five minutes long, and it did its absolute best to just summarize the crisis with like Syria. Right. And those are things it's it's yeah. incredibly complex, which is so hard to just summarize in an infographic. But I think for the for all the things that I did not know prior to that video, it and it <laughs> educated me a lot in five minutes. Right. So I think the I same think that's way the coolest thing about. Yeah, I think that's the coolest thing about social like the way that social media view has gone recently. Like I think BuzzFeed and like, Al Jazeera started doing this, but like small digestible clips that like just get the point like this is news that you should know and here's an easy way to digest it right because you've seen a lot of those videos now that like are just really really short and sweet and i learned something from it right right i don't know Um, we need more of those things but but i gotta say the best ones are the ones where it's like a 15 second clip but it's like a a bridged recipe so like have you seen those where like they just chop up things and like throw it in and then you have like a cake or something Uh uh-uh i haven't seen that I'm sure, like that's something that's very you because it's like in your world all the time. Yeah, but I hope there. I Anyways. mean, I have faith in our creatives. I have faith. There's so many smart people out there. For every like vapid person I've met, there's someone extremely intelligent, and I think that we need more of those. And I think that can actually genuinely, and this is encouragement for anybody who is working on these types of projects. Like there are ways that it can genuinely spark interest. If something is done well, anything can become interesting. And shareable and, you know, enlightening to someone you never expected to. I am sure we're going to see a lot of attempts at viral videos this coming election season. Um, It'll be interesting to see which ones catch on. But um, personally, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the ones that are just neutral um, by, like, just the facts and, like, simplified are the ones that are going to really make an impact. You know, someone should make something for all the like all the, the legislation being voted on, things like that. Because I feel like, I mean, if you want to get people out the get people more educated, like you got to meet them where they are. People, where people are is Facebook, maybe not Facebook. They're on social media. They're on Instagram. They're on you know, they're on the webs. They're on the screens. The interwebs. That'd yeah. be dope if you could. If you yeah. So I'm, we're putting this idea out into the universe. If there's somebody out there who is <laughs> creatively inclined and very politically intelligent or you know not just politically you want like, some of that like <laughs> and you want some of that uh, super pack money <laughs> <I'm sure they're laughs> we need people to sum it up for us for real and it's not you know i don't know maybe this is coming out of my own laziness because i don't but like yeah. it's important i i think that it's something that can be really it can reach a lot more people in an effective way, like not in a, in a shallow way. Yeah, for all you creators out there, campaign spend a gajillion dollars to try to get their message out. If you can give them a way to do it, they will pay you part of that gajillion dollars to do it. Yeah, so why do they get all the money? Get a little something, something for it. Treat yourself. Um, but yeah, go to Equinox <laughs> for a day. Um, yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. I've been I've been getting a lot of um, like nice uh, massages while I'm out here. Like there's a lot of kind of affordable places. It's been nice. It's been a while since I've had a massage. And man, my 
I, I need like at least a hundred more for my all of my knots to disappear. Please do. That's really good, Marv. That makes Miss. me really happy that you're 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 taking care of yourself. That's good. <laughs> Anyways, that will do it for this week. Uh, next week, um, I'll be coming at you from Tokyo, Japan. Um, what? But. Stay warm. Have a great Christmas. Uh, happy holidays. Um, have a great holidays. Christmas. We need a, like a, a collaboration term for what Christmas is. Happy fun winter time. That's <laughs> terrible. You're great at those, Mark. <laughs> have a great week, everyone. Everyone, we'll have um, really good quality time with your families and your loved ones, and. Um, I don't know. In light of this conversation, we went in a lot of different directions, but I think there's a lot always happening in this world and we can get distracted, but it's always a good time at this time of year to refocus, I guess. I think everyone's in that mentality of uh, being grateful and realizing what their goals are and what they want to adjust and how they want to pivot from here and what they want to change and what they want to drop. And um, yeah, it's there's crazy times behind us and crazier times ahead so i hope you have a restful and thoughtful and gratitude filled holiday season yep and remember when the world gets you down you can always turn on a clapcast listen to me and minji fight about stuff hey we didn't really fight this time so we're really (laughs) in the holiday spirit see (laughs) huzzah all right we'll talk to you next week minji okay have a good night or week everyone (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. I don't want to hear. Grab me bad always because your hips don't lie. I'm a swag so crazy. I'm a skit so right. You a ballerina cool. I'm a disco guy. Excuse me. I heard bang, bang. I heard shots. The mean barge in the interrupt your workshop. Without you, the show stops. I heard you're thirsty, so I got you a cold pot. Hey, girl, hit me with your voodoo. Choreos, I watch the be YouTube. Baggy clothes you wear.